This morning, I want to speak on a topic that kind of uh, what we talked about last week, just taking off from that. And uh, last week we spoke about being the body of Christ, as our memory verse told us, that, that we were the body of Christ. We, were, uh, we all have a part of it. Just what Rip was talking about in that dream, that's why that was so uh, meaningful to me, because it fits right in to where the Lord is leading us as a body of Christ, but yet as a body, we are made up of individuals with unique gifts and unique um, things to do and ideas to share. And this morning, I'm going to take it a little bit deeper, but this time I'm, I'm really moving it towards a topic that could cause a little bit of heartache for some people. And I don't want it to cause heartache because this isn't a meant about heartache. It's called about church membership. So today I'm going to be preaching on membership. And I, and I say this, boy, maybe I've, I've been wrestling with this throughout the week. And um, though I'm fully convinced church membership is a godly thing. But at the same time, I know that there are a lot of people that struggle with church membership because maybe they've been hurt in the past. Maybe a church has let them down in the past. Or maybe some things have happened in a church that they've been burned out of and they don't like church anymore. And so they're tired of church. This morning, what I'm trying to do is offer an invitation. And I pray that through the, by the end of this discussion this morning that you will see God's heart for membership. Not as a condemnation if you're not. And not as a requirement to be. Because certainly membership has nothing to do with your salvation. Understand that. You're saved because of Jesus Christ and Him alone. But that's day one. And then comes day two, and day three, and day four. And you know, we're told that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And that is part of what we're talking about as being part of a body of Christ. That we are work out, we're working out our relationship with Jesus. We're working out our relationship with people. And we do it as a group. And we do it in part of church. So let's see if this will work. All right, so the process of church membership, and I specifically call it a process because everything in life is a process. Nothing is digital necessarily in human, in human terms. So it's a process of membership. And let's say this, that first of all, church is who we are and not where we go. Amen? We meet in a building because I don't want to meet outside today. Do you want to meet under the tree? Or do you want to meet in a warm building? So we meet in a warm building, all right? So we, but the church is not in the building. The church is not in the brick and the cement and the leaky roof. That's not the church. The church is the body of Christ. You and I are the church. But we meet in a building. We don't worship the building. We don't come for the building. It's not the building. Rather, it's building up of the people who choose to meet in this building. We're building up the people who choose to meet in this building. Isn't it interesting how the same word means different things. The process of church is, is really an interesting process. And, and my hope here this morning is that as we get through here that you will find out that I'm inviting you to become a member of a church. Now, if, if this is not the church you're to be a member of, that's okay. I'm not saying you have to be a member of this church, but you, you need, I believe, to get involved and become a member of some church that you agree with, that you can become unit, unified with. And so that we do that so that we can become productive and involved in the mission of the church in general. Now, our mission of our church is to be heavenly effective through earthly relevance. And the only way we can be heavenly relevant is to be earthly effective. If I want to think of heaven first and not think about the earth, I'm never going to, be earth, I'm never going to have any bearing in heaven. Because the only reason I have anything coming in heaven is because dependent upon my relevance on earth. 
So we have to play that together. And so my prayer this morning is that you will find the passion that is in my heart that will ask you to consider being a church member someplace and that you will understand the significance of why church membership is so important. I think first we need to recognize that a church is God's idea. It's not man's idea. This didn't get a bunch of pastors get together about 2,000 years ago and say, hey, let's form churches. No, no. This was, the, this was the work of the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost formed the first church. And on that day, 3,000 more were added to the membership of the church. They were added to the church because the Holy Spirit brought them together. So I want to focus on that fact that the church is, is God's idea and it's not man's. And I think this is something else that we just make understand, that whenever God comes up with an idea, Satan doesn't like it. All right? If God came up with the idea of church to establish a church, then understand Satan's idea is to de-establish the church. It's to tear it down. It's to tear it apart. It doesn't let, he doesn't want it to exist. Because when we have a unified church, we have power, we have strength, we have unity, and we can get a lot accomplished in the spiritual world, and the devil doesn't like that. So this morning, can I just ask you that if you have a negative thought in your head and your mind about church, can you, can you examine where that's coming from? Can you think it through a little bit and say, is this really from God that I would have a negative thought of church? Or can I recognize that maybe it's from the enemy? Maybe the devil's put a little thought in your mind to say, you know, you got hurt in a church one time, therefore you need to give up on it. Now, I don't think the Lord would ask you to give up on something that he's established. He established the concept of church. And no matter what happens in the world, no matter how bad man messes it up, he wants to reestablish it if he has to in your heart and your mind. Hebrews chapter 10, and this will be our text for the day, and this is the NIV. Let's read this together. Read it out loud if you want to. It says, Let us hold unswervingly, this is our memory verse, unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Wow, we're living in a wild day today. We're living in the end of the times today, and I believe fully, and probably you do too. So if that's the day we're talking about, then even more so we need to gather together to continue to encourage each other. Another translation of the same verse, which I like, this is the contemporary English version, it says this, We must hold tightly to the hope that we say is ours. After all, we can trust the one who made the agreement with us. We should keep on encouraging each other to be thoughtful and to do helpful things. Some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship. But we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know that the day of the Lord's coming is getting closer. I like to read different translations sometimes because I, I like to see a little different spin, a little different twist. And this translation really brings it out to me that, that we really are encouraged to continue to meet together. We are to get into the habit of it. And so today the membership process that we're going to talk about is, is interesting because God uses things, he, he uses um, concepts that we can understand to kind of break down some of the maybe heavier spiritual principles that we don't see necessarily. I like what Andrea said in Sunday school this morning, how she likes to be taught in simple terms and not use big words. And I, I hope I don't use big words because if I do, I probably don't know what they mean. 
So I will try to keep my words as simple and as short as I can so that I can understand them too. (laughs) But the path of becoming a member in a church, there's a process to it, as we said before. And I want to go through the three steps that I feel that we go through when when we go into churchdom. And, uh, and, I'm, and, and let me just say this, too, that most of the things that I'm speaking of today are from personal experience as well as what I've been taught. But I experienced the process that we're going to go through here today in, in our church when I, we were in Brighton. And before that, when we were in the Assemblies of God Church in Ferndale with Pastor uh, Bob Bradley, who was Paul Bradley's brother. So we've been through a couple churches uh, one was uh, about three or four years while we were in Ferndale or Royal Oak, and then we moved to Brighton, and then we were part of that church for 17 years uh, in Brighton. Then we came up here, and we've been in this church. So we've really been a part of three churches, really, in our adult life. First process, first step. Number one, welcomed as a visiting friend. Number two, oh, that should be number two. Number two, growing into a regular attender and desiring to serve the church at some level. So first you come as a visitor for who knows how long. And then you become, then you start to grow into being a regular attender with a desire to serve. And then finally, three, um, becoming fully committed and, and, and a contributing member with all the rights and privileges of voting and leadership responsibilities in a church. There's a process. You don't come day one and all of a sudden become the pastor day two or the worship leader or the Sunday school teacher. There's a process of getting involved in a church, and that's what we're going to talk about today, and we're going to try to talk about how they work and why they work this way. Number one, let's talk a little bit more about being a visitor. First of all, everyone is welcome to visit a church. Everyone is welcome to visit this church as often as they want to visit this church with no expectations of them. If you want to come to church forever and never lift a finger, amen, you're welcome. We will not hold that against you. We want to serve you. We want to worship with you. We want to encourage you to be part of our body. But we are not going to set expectations on you that are going to try to limit you or try to put you in bondage. And if I've ever done that, I'm sorry. Because in my humanity, I might have done that at some point in time. Or maybe some other pastor or some other well-intentioned leader has. And that's not the intent. The intent is that we welcome everyone. And why do we do that? Because Jesus told us to. He said many, uh, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 12, says, On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifices, for I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. See, in this particular text, Jesus was being um, questioned about some things, about the Pharisees, how they were just hammering him because they always did, because they were the religious right at that time. And Jesus said, you guys, you know what? You're not the ones I'm coming after. Just so you know that. I'm coming after this guy over here that's the sinner, that's the, the tax collector or the, 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 the swindler. I'm coming after those guys because the church is about healing people, not about making us feel good necessarily in our self-righteousness. You see, sometimes we get in a situation where we want to just come in and stroke each other and make each other feel so good about ourselves. Well, let me tell you what. If that's why we do church, then we're wrong. Church is not intended... Hear me. Church is not intended to make you feel good. Church is intended to bring a challenge to your life. And I say it this way, because, you know, the Bible says, who are you to judge? 
who am I to judge another man? Well, I'm not. But yet, if I was to walk up to you and say, wow, you're really doing a great job. I think you're awesome. I think you're right in the kingdom of God. I, I, I think you're just perfect. Do you like to be told that? Yeah, we like to be affirmed that way. But isn't in some way that a form of judgment? See, if I came up to you and said, you know, you are a loser. <laughs> you're, you're just blowing it, man. I mean, your, your life is, you're just totally screwed up. Is that a form of judgment? Do you like to hear that? No. But you love it when I judge you to be good. But here's the point, guys. That's not my job. My job is not to come and say how good you are. My job is to come and ask you a question so that you analyze yourself and say, am I good? Am I good? Am I following biblical mandates or not? It's not me to judge you to say you're good or bad. All my job is to be the messenger of God, to bring the word of God, to bring the challenge to you, and then you answer the question. So church, if you're looking for church to come in to, to be the stroker of your life, to make you feel really, really good, that's not, that's not what's going to happen. It's like going to the doctor to say, doctor, just give me some drug so I feel good without saying, doctor, feel my sickness so that I don't need the drug to feel good. Amen? Does it make sense? All right. So we're trying to get to the bottom of it here. That, so church, but, but being a visitor is a good thing. Jesus wants us all to have the opportunity to be healed of the sin sickness that's so prevalent around us today so, and it's growing worse. And the purpose of the church is to become a safe and healing place. It's to be the place where people can come in, the people that are hurting can come in and they can have refuge and they can be healed and they can be restored back to health. That's the purpose of the church. So that's why we welcome anyone to come into the church. I don't care how you look. I don't care what you do. I don't care what your stature in life is. You're welcome to come and be part of our church. If you're sick, that's okay. In fact, this is the best place to come when you're sick. You know, I, this, this is um, just a little bit of a, maybe a thought, but people will say, I don't feel good enough to go to church today. So you stay home. Now, I'm not saying if you have a, if you have a contagious disease, maybe that's a good reason not to be in church. But if you just don't feel, if you're down in the dumps, and if you just don't feel like coming to church because I just don't feel like being around people, well, you know, that's the best place to be is around people. That's where God can help you the most is when you come into church so that you can feel better. But otherwise you'll stay home in your, in your little pity party all by yourself and say, whoa, what was me? I feel so bad. Well, of course you feel bad because you don't help yourself. And so church is being that part to say, come on, if you, even if you don't feel like being here today, come on anyways because we'll help you. That's the plan. That's what it should be. There are some reasons why people don't like to come to church. Here's a few reasons why people don't go to church. I can't come to church until I get my life together. Church is how I got my life together. Church is filled with a bunch of hypocrites. And there's always room for one more. <laughs> All they care about is your money. They care about me, not about my money. Is there some kind of dress code? Yes, the code is wear some clothes. <laughs> Church, it just makes me nervous. I was nervous at first, and then I felt right at home. I'm not sure I believe everything that you believe. 
but you can still belong. You're just a wimpy girly, man. You want to say that again? <laughs> if you knew me and what I've done, you wouldn't want me. If you knew me and what I've done, you wouldn't be worried. You can come to my church even if you were brought up Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, Jewish, Mormon, Lutheran, Pentecostal, Presbyterian, Church of Christ, Southern Baptist. A little bit of everything and a whole lot of nothing. See, it's not about a religion, it's about a relationship. So please, come to my church. Where nobody's perfect. Where beginners are welcome. Where socks are optional, but grace is required. Where forgiveness is offered. Where hope is alive. And where it's okay to not be okay. Really. Thanks. That, uh, the socks for optional thing, that was for Kelvin. <laughs> that was for Kelvin. I knew that's when I had to put that on a website when I saw that was, for, that was for Kelvin all the way. So. so anyway, you may not feel church is for you. And maybe that hits some of the points, maybe, why you frustrated with church or not. Maybe not. But it's, a, it's real, and it's a purpose, and it's, it's for us. So the, the second stage of, uh, Larry, you might have to restart my, there it goes, is to moving into now where we've been a visiting friend for a while, a visiting uh, member or visiting friend, and, and life is good, and so we're thinking maybe we want to get a little more involved. So now the second phase of the process is growing into being a regular attender and desiring to serve at some level in the church. And this is where it gets exciting, okay? This, is, this can be considered the courting phase or the dating phase of getting involved with the church. And the relationship I'm going to draw here, the corollary that I'm going to draw throughout this is how becoming part of a church is kind of like getting married and the process of uh, dating a church and the process of dating your spouse. And that's how we do this. And so this is the courting phase. And this is where it gets kind of fun because there's a lot of excitement here. And, and people are growing into a new phase. And, and people are starting to see maybe, maybe there's a place for me to fit after all. And this is where we start to see some things happening in our body. And they, they begin to see opportunities of ministry and, and that they have people here that maybe in a real world or outside of the church we would have nothing in common there would be no reason to hang together out in the real world, but in church, all of a sudden, we have a commonality called Jesus. And now we seem to find a fit that place. And we begin to grow rapidly, and there's some maturing taking place in our life. And, and we develop a sense of ownership in the body where we get more involved and we feel like this maybe is our place for us. And, and the thrill of being invited turns into a thrill of inviting people where you have other people that want to come to the church where you're a part of it. And then you begin to sense a need to want to serve in some level of ministry. And then you begin to see that giving financially is a privilege of serving in a church. And so as this, as this all happens, we certainly can see all of these things happening in our life. And, and that's the process kind of where I went through, my wife and I went through, in our church relationships down in Brighton with the church we were there. Um, it was pretty obvious that that was a place for us to be. And here's the thing with that. There's a, there's a response to the church. What is the church's response to that? If a person comes into the body that's all excited, gung-ho, ready to jump in, you know, I'll tell you, most churches, this is where problems happen because most times we rush too quickly into some things. Let me just be honest with you here. Let me be transparent. As a pastor, when I have somebody comes in that wants to get involved, I'm excited. I love it. But at the same time, there has to be a sense of caution and a sense of patience for me because... 
I can be fully supportive of your involvement, but at the same time, we need to be cautious and waiting that we don't overdo something. Anybody ever, ever overdone something out of a zealous nature? Have you ever jumped in and said, I want to change the world, only to find out that the world changes you too quickly? Okay, so coming into a church is kind of like that. We have to be careful that we don't jump too quickly. And we're given this in Scripture, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6, as elders and deacons in the church. But this has some relevance here as well. It says, he, the person, must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as a devil. The purpose of this is this, is that if you get someone that is young in the faith, and they want to jump in right away, and get a lot of things happening, all of a sudden it becomes about them doing so much and becoming so good. And what is the judgment that might fall on them? Maybe pride? Maybe self-service? Maybe, uh, maybe they aren't trained well enough to maybe be a good teacher. Maybe they're teaching things that aren't correct. Maybe they're not biblically trained yet. So there is a level of patience, a level of caution that the church must take as new people come into the church, and it protects the person and it protects the church. It's, it's wisdom to move slowly, but yet keep moving. An overzealous approach of getting one too involved too quickly can hurt people. And we've all been hurt, maybe, by some overzealousness. So we want to just walk carefully in the phase then of, of doing good church uh, relationships. But then we move into the third phase where you find yourself really feeling like this is a place for church that you want to settle down. And this is a place where um, the Lord's calling you to be. And this is where the stage of consistency come, becomes very important here that we're consistent in our, in our focus, we're consistent in our, and here's, I'm going to use some words nobody's going to like, we're consistent in our attendance, we're consistent in our giving, we're consistent in being there when the church doors are open, and I know as soon as I say things like that, and rise up people, what rises up in people that are, they struggle with, with this, they say, why do I have to be at the church all the time? Well, you don't. But yet, at the same time, consistency is very important. And the, way, the reason I speak this is because I can remember in my life, going back to my younger years when I was a child, I can remember the ones that were consistent in Charlotte Assembly of God when it was down at East Upright Street. I can remember Reuben Wanberg. I was 12 years old. And Reuben Wanberg was old enough to be my grandfather. But yet, Reuben was always there. And he was consistent. Every time there was something going on, Reuben was there. He was there for me, a young boy. I mean, he took me under his wing. He prayed with me, and he interceded with me and for me more than I probably realized. But Reuben was the, was the man that prayed me through to the Holy Spirit. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit at 12 years old and spoke in tongues and, and had the fullness of the Holy Spirit, it was Reuben Wanberg that prayed me through. And it was his consistency that I could trust Reuben. I could depend on him. I never questioned Reuben's motivation towards me because he was so faithfully consistent. So consistency is an important part. Let me talk about a couple things just to re review. God established the church, and church membership is a good thing. So those are two statements I want to make, and then we're going to work through some more of these issues. 
Rip gave me this word a couple weeks ago. We were talking about church membership, and he said that we are basically declaring fellowship as maybe a different word for membership. I like that. Declaring fellowship means that I am going to declare myself to be a, a, in fellowship with other like-minded believers. That it's more than just being a member of an organization. It's more than just me paying my membership dues to the golf course so that I can golf there. It's more than just being a member of the Rotary. It's that, no, I am declaring fellowship with a group of like-minded believers. And that's really what church membership is. We talked about consistency becoming very important in this phase of, building, of the church building process or the relationship building process. Something that I think we forget more than we should, and that is that God chooses to use people to help people. We talked about that in Sunday school today and how important it is that, that Andrea was talking about finding a church. And, and yes, God does do one-on-one with people. And yes, he does become our one-on-one tutor, as, as Chris mentioned. And that's very, very important that we recognize that. But yet, God chooses to do his work in the world through people. Through you. Through me. Through the body of Christ. We are his hands and his feet. And he chooses and he accomplishes what he accomplishes through us. So how does this impact the church necessarily? What does this really mean for the church? Remember, you know, we've always said that the church is, is who we are, not where we go. So it's not about necessarily that. But, but I think here's, here's a question that would come to mind. You get up in the morning and you're debating on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night to go to Jesus Cafe or whatever the situation is, and you're debating, do I go or not go? Should I bundle up and trudge out in this snowy weather and go to church, or should I just stay home in my, my warm little place and maybe I'll just go to my prayer closet, at least early, I'll say that I will. <laughs> maybe I'll read the Bible a little bit here, and maybe you will, maybe you don't, I don't know. But really, should I go out and should I be a part of it? Well, maybe what you should do is ask yourself a question. Maybe you should say this. Jesus, what do you want me to do about this? Is there something there? Is there could there be a person at church there that I'm supposed to go to and minister to? Is there something that you want me to do there? If God was all about me and he didn't care about you, or if he choo- chose to do everything through the world through his hand and not through your hands, then church wouldn't be important. If he just set it up and said, I am the ultimate God and I'm omnipresent and I'm omnipotent and I can be all these things to all these people, you don't need anybody else. I'm going to set you all up as individual islands and your sustenance is going to come me to you only and totally irrelevant of anybody around you, then church wouldn't be important because then it's just me and God. But that's not the way God established it. He made us to be community-minded people. He said, Adam, you need a helper. So he created Eve to help Adam. That's typical of the church. So when God establishes the church, he doesn't do it just to feed you. He does it so that you might come into church to feed Joe or Robin or Brenda or whoever else would be in that church that particular day. So it's not just about do I get up and trudge there because I need to get fed or do I get up and trudge there because I might need to feed somebody else. I think that's the way God sees it. 
I think that's the way he sees church. It's more about us working alongside of him to accomplish his plan because I'm part of his body. It's just not about me coming in to get my little worship fill. It's about me coming in to get that, but also to put out, to give to other people, to recognize that God wants to use me in a part of accomplishing his plan. And he wants to use you to do that. And if you don't show up that day, if you're, not incons- if you're inconsistent in your coming and you're, you're being there, then, God's in- then God probably is inconsistent in your life in other areas. Now, I'm not judging here. I'm just raising the issues. I'm just raising the questions. Consistency breeds consistency. You reap what you sow. If you sow inconsistently, you'll reap inconsistently. If you sow consistency, you'll reap consistency. And I'm just not talking about coming into the church building. I'm talking about being there for the church body wherever it is, whenever it is. All right. So as we continue to move into this relationship, um, God sees, um, I believe, he gave us an example. And this has really helped me a lot as I look at how do I take the marriage covenant in relationship to the church? Because God uses, he references the church quite often as his bride. And that he's coming back for a bride that's going to be spotless without wrinkle. That's his church. So he uses that analogy, and I think we can think of this analogy somewhat in our, in our membership opportunities as well. So it's similar into moving into the marriage covenant where consistency and commitment are crucial to fulfill that. See, up to this point... We've been attending as a regular, uh, as, a, as, a, as a guest, as a visitor, or maybe even as a, a, an attender, but we really haven't committed anything, have we? There, there's no com- it may be really good, but there's no commitment. But if we're going to be a fulfilled marriage, if we're going to have a, a, a happy, God-breathed marriage, there's, gonna, there's rec- commitment required. If we're going to be a fulfilled church, there's commitment required. Ephesians chapter 5, 21 through 27. And maybe this is maybe more for a wedding. But still, read this with me if you would. Uh, Ephesians 5, 21 through 27. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband, it is, he, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ... So also wives who submit to their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. See, if God really brings his feeling of the church into a bride, and he's kind of using us as the same analogy, we also then have to look at our commitment to the church as kind of as a marriage covenant as well. See, marriage is a publicly declared choice. You do that through a wedding ceremony. You don't secretly get married. No, when you get married, if it's typical marriage, you do it through a public wedding ceremony where you are choosing in front of people your life partner. And that gives you unique rights. Marriage is public. It gives you rights. It gives some, some of these rights are the ability to bear and raise children and raise a family. 
the right to challenge or support or hone or, or make your partner better or them make you better. It gives you the ability to speak special names to your partner and it speaks differently to them than you would someone else. Uh, you, you, you depend on that person in all kinds of situations, for good or bad is what your vow said, better or for worse. And uh, don't forget that. To be totally committed to your spouse without compromise, without exception, to defend each other from outside or inside attackers, to commit financially, to commit financially and sometimes even sacrificially as needs arise. So see, when you, when you marry that person, you're just not doing it for that nice little feeling you had when you first started the date. No, your relationship morphs and it changes into a, a, a relationship of commitment uh, uh, that I'm going to be there no matter what for you. It grows. Well, commitment is one of the biggest and most important issues here. As conflicts come up in a marriage, which they will, anybody here but married, anybody, how many here married have never had a conflict? How many here married has had conflicts? Yeah, we all do. Amen. That's part of life. Well, you know what? That's part of life in churches as well. That's, that's part of the churches as well, that, that a successful marriage is based on commitment to work out problems based on God's Word. Okay? Because of the commitment you've established with your marriage, you're going to work out the issues. A successful church works out problems based on godly commitment, showing the world that we love each other. So there is a commitment in a church environment as well, like there is in a marriage environment. First Peter 4.8 Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So as you're committed to your spouse and, you're, and we're committed to our church, we work out the problems. We don't cut and run. We just don't say, That's, I'm going to get another spouse or I'm going to go find another church. No, if this is a church that God's called you to, then we work out the problems and we do it under godly circumstances and we do it with a godly process. Amen? Rights of membership. If you become part of a church, these are some of the rights of membership that you are trusted to do, that you can teach Sunday school and other teaching and preaching opportunities, that you can participate on various boards and committees, that committees may be elders or deacon boards or CE boards or youth boards, you may be able to lead various ministries, such as a worship leader, men's and ladies' groups, youth groups of various ages, outreach and small group leaderships. Here's, here's a big one, that you could, you're able to vote on church business concerns. Now, understand, whenever you have more than one person in a room, two people or more, it becomes political. I hate political, but you can't stop it. It's just what we are. And if we're going to have an organization, we are going to have to work out some things. The, a church has bills to pay. Do you know that? We may not pay property taxes, thank the Lord. I hope that never changes. But yet we have other things we have to do. We have other obligations we have to meet. We have business matters that must be taken care of. And so a church member is able to help in those. And we're committed to honor God in our tithes and offerings. And that's a topic of a whole other discussion, but that's huge. Because that's, more for the, that's as much for the attender and the member as it is for the church. Tithe and offerings are biblically based. Andrea talked about it in Sunday school. You, you show God that you're going to be committed 
first to Him. He will take care of your needs. That's the one thing that He told us to test us in, and that is test me in this, says the Lord. Give your tithes and offerings and see if I don't throw open the floodgates of heaven. And He does. Not just financially either. It can be through peace. It can be through all kinds of other intangibles. In fact, we're talking about that aspect on Wednesday nights. If you were able to come, we're talking about how to be joyful in giving. And Randy Elkhorn is helping us with that with a video series, and it's extremely good. So I would encourage you to come to that as well. And also what being a church member does is that it, it, it enables you or me or the member to speak with a little different kind of voice on church matters. You see, when you are in ownership of something and you've, you've earned your way to a degree to be able to speak your mind, rather than just somebody coming in that is inconsistently that goes out and you don't know if they're coming back or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it just, it's just like Reuben Wanberg became consistent in my life and he could speak to me differently because I knew his heart for me. I knew his intent for me was to be there for my best interest. I, I never distrusted him for anything as far as was he going to get something out of me. No, it was all to serve me and to be for my best interest. Obvious caveats, very important. Not required for salvation. I've got to say it again. Not required for salvation. You can be saved and not be, member, not be a member of a church. It does not make one person better than another. And the purpose is not for me to have a big church. I want you to understand that. It is not about me or any pastor. It's not about me to build the biggest church in town or the biggest church in the country or whatever. If that's the case, run away. Don't be a part of the church if that's the case. Then run as fast as you can. The purpose is to encourage every person who is committed to serving Jesus to become involved without abandon in the body of believers that is calling them to be, that God's calling them to be. That you are 100% committed. You're 100% in. You're 100% behind the purpose, the cause, the mission. See, as we come together as a church, we can do so much more together than we can do individually. As we support world missions or as we support different organizations, we can combine our strength and become so much more effective in other ministries that are even happening within our own community. As a church embraces local ministries, we then can be more supportive to them. We can be more supportive to different things that are going on in our community, the ragamuffins or the Jesus Cafe or, or all these other things that are good, that are happening, that are required, that are necessary in our community. But that doesn't replace one of the other. One should not replace the other. They need to build on each other. What happens in Jesus Cafe on a Tuesday night should be transferred into a church on Sunday. It should be saying, come, what you're getting here, take it into a church body and grow that body and move together and grow yourself in a unified body in the church. And it's all positive and it's all powerful. So as we conclude this morning, church membership or declared fellowship is a privilege and offers unique rights. Every person has the opportunity to participate. Every person has a right. Every person, Rip, according to your dream, every person has a place to take up in a local church. No person is left out in the cold here. Everybody has opportunity and everybody's needed. Having a proper understanding of church membership is honoring to God and his body. A proper understanding is important. Certainly not an obligation, but offered to all that would consider. 
So here, this is the call for those that are interested. If this is your first time here or not, if you're a visitor, this is not for everybody, so don't, I'm not putting anything on anybody here. But if you're interested, if you want to get know, know more about our church, then we're going to have an opportunity. There's a sign-up sheet in the back, and we're going, to part- we're going to have a membership class next Sunday night, a two-hour membership class. It starts at 5 o'clock. We're going to bring pizza in at 5 o'clock, and then 5.30 to 7.30 or so, we're going to have a class, and we're going to have a discussion. We're going to go through our 16 fundamental beliefs as what the Assemblies of God believes, what we embrace as a church and then go through some of our bylaws and such. But it's going to be just so you, knew, so you know who you're getting involved with. If you were going to be a member of a church, would you not want to know what the, who they are? Yeah. So this is, this is what this is about. But then we'll uh, take applications as necess- uh, those that would, would want to, and we would consider them for membership. So this morning, um, I hope that if you've had any questions on membership that I haven't confused you, that I haven't done anything that would bring a conflict in your spirit. I hope that I've brought a clear challenge or a clear opportunity and a reason for why church is important because the more we support each other, the more healthy we can be. The more healthy you can be as an individual. The more healthy I can be. And together we can be more. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to be the church. We thank you that you've called us to be the church. Not Center Point Assembly, but the church. And that you are coming back for the church. Your return is not for individuals, it is for individuals in the church because we are the body of Christ. We are the bride that you are preparing to be pure and spotless without wrinkle. So, God, I pray that we would understand our role, that we would understand our position as the church. And that we would embrace it, and we would not be conflicted over it, that we would not be overly challenged by it, but we would look at it as a godly thing, as a thing you want us to do. God, we pray that we would honor you through this, I pray, in Jesus' name.